Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Shropshire Football Podcast, episode five. My name is Luke Atwood. I'll be your host today. I'm joined by a duo better than a John Passaris fish and chips. <laughs> Joe Edwards and Lewis Cox. I've opened with that intro, Joe, because you uh, you went to visit Mr. Passaris and got some fish and chips, didn't you? Yeah, and I very much enjoyed them. Uh, we... Uh... Went down to Sunny Bridge North on my day off and uh, thought, fancy a bit of fish and chips. Thought, I've heard good things about uh, John's chippy. Spoke to John on the phone a few times and uh, have a message, but never really met face to face. Yeah. Thought to show me face, say hello, eat his, uh, eat his chips. <laughs> and, uh, Discount, yeah? No, no, no. Um, Pays full price to Joe Edwards. But uh, I introduced myself afterwards. Um, ah. After I ate, I didn't want to come across as you know cheeky or you know on the scavenger hunt for free chips. That's where you went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he was a you know nice bloke. I mean, I'll tell you what, the, uh, the 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 batter on on the fish, very light and crispy. Uh, I, sometimes when you have fish and chips, the downfall for me is a cakey batter. Yeah, I don't want a cakey batter. I just want a light batter. Nice oily fish, top notch stuff from uh, Mr. Pisaris, and I uh, I thank him again. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm similar to you, Joe. I like I like a crispy batter, like crispy batter. Lots of salt and vinegar for me. Salt and vinegar. Um, I didn't have the mushy peas, which sparked a bit of debate on Twitter from uh, colleagues, past and present. Oh really? Um, <laughs> didn't see this. Yeah, um, some were saying that you know where's the mushy peas, where's the curry sauce. Uh, my argument was that I can kind of take a leave mushy peas. I'm with you there. I, I like them, but I don't think they're essential. The essentials are the fish, the chips, and plenty of salt and vinegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more of a curry sauce man, but more on a cold day. And, and, and you know, on Wednesday, yesterday, it was very... Uh, Balmy? Was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was surprisingly hot. <laughs> was it 20 I, degrees? Yeah, wasn't it? In a jacket. It was absolutely roasty. So um, I thought, no curry sauce, not none of that. Just a bit of bit of ketchup on the side, sorted. Bob's I'm, your uncle. I'm, I'm with gonna, you. I'm going to throw a couple of spanners in the works here oh. of uh, fish and chip debate. Here we go. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to alienate our uh, our listeners further than I'm sure we already have over five episodes. In that, across the border into the West Midlands, into the Black Country um, areas that we sort of you know you know hail from. Um, the orange chip, yes, is a thing. I'm Luke, sorry. It might be no, no. See, Brummies, they, they ain't got a clue, and I'm sure it's not. I'm not sure it's a thing in Shropshire either. But there is the Joe will vouch for the orange chip, and it's 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 just the winner. It's, it, it's lovely. If you, we kind of take it for granted because being from you know the Walsall kind of Wolverhampton area where it's so commonplace, you kind of just assume because it's that good. That the whole country mm-hmm. would have cottoned onto the battered orange chip, but it's, they haven't. It surprises me. It's not a thing in Birmingham. This is yeah. like this is all the whole like the whole oat cake thing in Staffordshire, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were in Stoke, ba- were you? Yeah, battered orange chips. Oh, so they're battered chips. They they yeah. fry the chips and then they batter them similarly to. Yeah, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna so, I'm gonna get yeah. stuff here. They're gonna have to. For me, they are of high quality. But I think the better in small doses. I I can't have like a big bag of them. I think after you know they, they come a bit rich. 
So my, if you want to do it, get a cow. My, my other half's from um, from down south, and of course never never heard of them. Yeah, I didn't realise they were a thing. Now she can't go back to yellow. She's orange chip all the way. So I, the thing it, is, I love it. You know, when I was younger, I used to just have a bag of chips. I didn't used to have a cod. I used to just have a bag of mm. chips, salt and vinegar. But I can't imagine them improving, to be honest. I love a fish and chip shop, and I love chips from a fish and chip shop. So these have got to be pretty special. Where's well, the nearest place I can get them to? Uh, you can get them in, you can get them by the office, I think. Just, yeah. just, just, outside, just outside the office. So I was trying to think of a chippy in Wolverhampton, but you, you wouldn't have to go far. Going slightly away from the topic, I will vouch for a Ketley Cod um, just around the corner just from our corner Ketley from offices, yeah. Shop Star HQ. Mm. Superb. Yeah. Um, you know, if we can, we can tag them in this tweet, and you know, get get a bit yeah, of a discount oh, sure. promotion. Ketley Cod, are either the second or third place in our Shropshire Star Fish and Chip Shop Awards. Really? So, I mean, that is now, you know, that is no, now I mean, small, feet. small fee. Myself yeah, and so. Joe can, you know, if if we achieve nothing else at this company, um, we can get the orange chip across the border. That will be yeah historic. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we've already kind of. You know, we've done enough at the moment. We, we've you know we've spouted enough rubbish in uh, in Shropshire or us too. So if we can <laughs> if we can make a lasting impact and uh, you know get the orange chip, the recognition it deserves. Anyone feel- listening to this is going to be thinking. Is, <laughs> I, 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 I've got I've, I've got a feeling they're only loving this chit chat. I'm going to expect one of you to buy me a cone of a cone of these these orange chips. I'm not willing to I'm not willing to stump up the money myself. I'm quite cheap, you see. So. Um, Someone's gonna to have to buy me some. Yeah, lunch. yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it at some point. How much is a cone nowadays? What a pound twenty? Probably for a cone, it should should be seventy p max in my eyes. But you know, inflation. Fish and, and chip paper, mate. They might get served in 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 articles that we've written. You know, yeah. bag of chips in a, in a, in the newspaper. Inky, like it. Yeah. Talking about food, I'm gonna quickly touch <laughs> on this as well. Went to Boots for lunch today. They had their Christmas selection of sandwiches out already. Ooh, a bit of turkey and cranberry and all that. <sighs> it's, 11, that it's, it's the 11th of October. This is an interesting topic, isn't it? When's too early for Christmas? It's not, um, even, it's not even bloody Halloween yet. Correct. I don't like Halloween, by the way. Agreed. Halloween's rubbish, isn't it? Americanised. It would be good if you live in, in the States, I think. Luke, everyone yeah, Luke goes loves, all in. Luke loves yeah, America, yeah. so we'll... Uh, I, do, I do like America. Not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, like, I'm not pro-Trump or any of this. Uh... <laughs> Oh, we'll leave it there. But um, <laughs> I do like the idea of Halloween if everyone commits to it, like they commit to yeah, Christmas. I'm a bit half-hearted when it comes to it, to be honest. I remember once, and you know, when you were a kid, like I used to like go around as Dracula and like you know get all the get all the sweets. And there's there's a lot to there's a lot like in it for you when you were a kid. Yeah. But when you kind of get past that teenage kind of stage, and especially like you know the old grumpy chap I am now. Um, <laughs> there's not really a lot in it. I remember once that a uh, a, a woman, well, I say a woman, she was probably about sixteen, seventeen, knocked on our door, and her, her kind of get up was that she'd put her hoodie on backwards and just covered her face and said "trick or treat." And sixteen years old. Yeah, she was about sixteen, seventeen, and my brother basically said to her, "You're gonna have to do better than that." And um, Got a bit aggressive, um, you know. She she weren't she weren't uh, taking it lightly, but uh, just managed to turn her away. Just grow up, isn't it? Come on, yeah. Christmas can be enjoyed at all age, but but yeah, yeah. Halloween's at, over at uh, twelve, I think. Well, you, maybe, know, you, yeah. you don't know Nathan Judah, mate. You've not seen Nathan Judah's house um, okay. around Halloween. If you ever if you ever frequent Dorridge, which is one of the nicest parts of Solly Hall, by the way, uh, his house is all 
done up with the Halloween. Regards horses. Christmas, my other half, again, is absolutely, you know, it's, it's her time of year. She has decorations out in October, so I can't really comment. Um, Either way, boots are going, the boots are pretty brave, sticking a, a turkey stuffing in. Yeah, put turkey stuffing in cranberry, I don't think you can go much wrong with that. Greg's oh. festive bake. Yeah, I don't, I'd, wow. I'd be happy to eat that. Most times of the year, to be honest. So. It was nice. I, I, I won't. I, I won't take anything away from it. It just yeah. seemed a bit early. Yeah. For I mean. me. Uh, anyway, let's talk about some football because we've been going nearly ten minutes. Yeah. Talking about food. Um, we're talking about Halloween. What isn't scary? Or <laughs> what is scary for Mickey Mellon is a six-nil thrashing at the hands of Shrewsbury Town, Lewis. Yeah. Quite a result. Quite a result. Well, I mean, it's a good job Joe's here, first of all, um, as as he um, as he was the one in the seat, in the hot seat at the Montgomery Waters Meadow that night. I was um, elsewhere. I, I mean, you know, I, I had a feeling they were going to um, they were going to deal out a, a result. I just thought with both teams making changes, I thought Tranmere are going to be nowhere near. Um, Joe will talk about you know how well Town did. I just think you know. Take take a bit of momentum from it, you know. It was a just a bit up from a reserve game, really, isn't it? Check trade trophy, but take the confidence it gives to the, the players involved, and hopefully take it to Fleetwood um, on Saturday. So yeah, I mean, Joe was waxing lyrical to me on Tuesday night about Fajiri, Linal, John Lewis, Doherty, and you know these are good things for town fans. I think that they'd want to hear. It's it's good to have a you know a variety of ways that you can play, and obviously. You know, I don't think they're going to go off with this three-five-two formation at the weekend, mm. and because your usual starters don't really fit into that, your your Wallens mm. and your Gilliards and people like that. But you've, if you've got a system in reserve when things aren't really clicking and going to plan, then yeah. you know John Askey's got an ace up his sleeve now, and these players that came in uh, for Tuesday night, we had Josh Emmanuel and Ryan Haynes as the uh, wing backs. And that suits them down to the ground. Mm. These these two lads are both, in my eyes, wing backs. I mean, they can play as full backs, but they love to get forward. Um, they've both got bundles of energy and really kind of shone in uh, those positions. And I think Askey's alluded to it before that Okenabiri hasn't really started games because he sees him as part of a front two. And yeah. having him and... Uh, Linnell John Lewis up there looks looks really good. Um, you know, Linnell does the dog work and holds his man off and holds the ball up. And Akinabiri had that little bit of pace just to get him behind and that little life for goal. And once he got his goal, you could see that his confidence just kind of shot up then. Yeah. He, he missed a couple before he broke, you know, opened his accounts. And uh, you could see, he was, as soon as the one went in, um, had you wanted to put money at that point on a, on a hat-trick or not I think you would have backed him because you could see the confidence was oozing out of him and uh, in the end he got his uh, he got his rewards for a very very sharp performance it was a poor Tramia side let's not forget that but you can only play what's in front of you I would say I've been um, speaking to Mark Elliott from Radio Shropshire who was at the game too actually about the systems I think that's the main thing to take from Tuesday night it's the first time they tried 3-5-2 mm. and yeah, clearly it worked well with the personnel, you know, chosen. Now, because it worked so well and you win 6-0, you, you don't automatically take it into the league, do you? Because different kettle of fish, different opposition, different players you want to use. Uh, but Joe's right, it's an option that you can turn to if you want to get two up top. Or if you want to shore things up, you know, have an extra defender or keep the mid yeah. five midfielders on the park. 
Um, again, having a debate with Mark, as I say, do you, do you keep it for Fleetwood? And I was at the press conference with John Askey today. I I would be surprised if we saw three five two um, at, at Fleetwood. I think the manager, you know, as you can see on our uh, on our website in the coming day or two. He's keen to play. Uh, again, this is the main talking point from Tuesday. Does Fajiri Okanabiri start after a hat-trick? Or, or do you keep him out? Uh, they won on the Saturday. They beat Accrington in a crucial League One game. And, you know, you could, there's an argument that that 11 could play again. Uh, but Okanabiri and others, Doherty, have given the manager a real selection issue. We were with him today. And I, he didn't... <laughs> I, honestly, I couldn't call it which way he was. He was thinking. He he hinted that he wanted to try and get Fajiri in there, but I just can't. I can't see the three-five-two, so I, I can't see, and I don't think the manager will play Fajiri as the lone striker in a four-three-three. So do you play him as as one of the wingers from the left with Angol, Lee Angol in the middle? I don't know if Fajiri is going to be trusted to track back. So I. Got, you know, it's it's like yeah, you know, it's it's lottery really. I I don't know. I don't know what you think, Joe. Whether because someone's come in, scored a hat trick, scored in the reserve games and all that. Whether whether you think you'd just play him, or, but but that would be sacrificing the way you line up, possibly yeah. your formation in the league. I think he's he's got to be he's, he's got to be in the squad. I mean, that's that's that, that's yeah. that's that's a given. But he came he on could, for thirty in the league game. Yeah, he's got to be he's got to be in the squad. Um, Intuition kind of just tells me that I think he's going to be on the bench. Yeah. Um, I just think that he sees Lee Angle as that uh, as that as that focal point, uh, the the target man, if you will. Uh, he didn't have any involvement on Tuesday night over mm-hmm. Angle, so it seems he's keeping him fresh for Saturday. Mm. Um, but I'd certainly say that he's bumped himself up a place in the pecking order. I'd probably say Amadi Holloway. He's probably now the fourth-choice striker yeah. with a toss-up between Linnell and Fajiri for that second spot. I'd probably just about give it to Fajiri at the moment. So if it's not quite coming off for Angle on Saturday, um, or conversely, if it's not coming off for one of the wingers, yes. mm. just because of Fajiri's kind of versatility, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him at least get a half yeah. an hour. Because if he, if Gilead's not doing it, if Wally's not, or even if Angle, he can fill any of those front three. Yeah, it's a feather in Fajiri's cap that he can do that because obviously you and Marty Holloway and you Linal John Lewis are pretty um, one they're, dimensional. They yeah, do a job. They're, they're target men. They're yeah. they're they're the ones who you want on the end of crosses while. Fajiri has shown, you know, at uh, at Charlton he got the assist for John Lewis's mm. goal, and he's shown flashes in, in when he's come on in other occasions that he can chip in with the odd assist as well. So mm. I, if if I were a betting man, I'd, I'd imagine it'll stick with the four three three system we've seen in the league. I think changes in personnel. I'd be looking more at Greg Doherty, who Joe tells me was pretty immense on Tuesday. You you know, other than Fajiri's hat trick, I'm possibly the best player. Um, He's a class class player, any doctor. You can see why Rangers yeah. bought him. He's got a bit of everything. He has, you know. People people say to me at, at times, you know, why, why has he been on the bench? Why has he been left out? At times, you know, we know Town have got a lot of centre midfielders and, and decent ones. Doherty has had games where he's gone missing. He's not been brilliant for the entire time he's been on the pitch. Gillingham two two a couple of weeks ago, he was poor. Um, I, I, I I seem to recall. I couldn't really see what he was doing. Didn't sort of mention him. Luton second half when Town capitulated, he he was poor, and those are the times he's come out. And you know, I suppose you've got to give 
John Askey credit that he's not letting players in there just sort of drift through games. You know, he's got Josh Lorenu who bring back in or, or other options. You know, but what Doherty came in, I think, and did in the week. Although it would be harsh to, to drop Loren out, I think he needs to come back in the team. He's a bit more going forward, isn't he? He's got three goals now from centre mid. Yeah. Um, and it, by all accounts, he took that one the other night really well. So And he got a, got a couple of assists as well. Yeah. So it, yeah. it was a good all-round performance from him. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Um, <laughs> Luke expected us to continue. I, I, I must admit, I, I was expecting the conversation to continue, but it's fine. Um, before that, you did mention it. Shrewsbury Town won, Accrington nil. Three points courtesy of a karate kick, Lewis. <laughs> I, I mentioned it just now, but that was such a big game. Um, just, you know, it obviously hasn't been the start we'd have wanted. It was just the one win in the league. They went into that game 20th. Uh, goal difference above the bottom four and it was even more of a big game because they go to Fleetwood um, they go to Fleetwood next which is tough not easy Joey Barton's got a decent team there after that they play Sunderland and Barnsley both at home Saturday, Tuesday two teams that have come down from the champ so it's a hard trio of games that you'd probably take three or four points from it was vital they took something it was vital they took a win from this home game with Accrington mm. who Yes, we're doing well. Accrington were 10 unbeaten, doing really well, coming up from League Two. Um, it got even more vital 15 minutes in when the keeper goes off and you're playing against 10 men because then it's the old, oh, you can't even beat 10 men in 75 minutes. It was interesting that though because the keeper, I don't know whether it's a penalty or not because having watched replays, I think it probably should be a penalty but then if he gives the penalty, does he send him off mm. because of the double jeopardy rule? So it's almost worked in Shrewsbury Town's favour that He's got yeah. the positioning of the foul wrong, but it's it's uh, it's got Shrewsbury playing against ten men. I think I'd always rather take playing against ten men yeah. and being nil nil than having a penalty and playing against eleven. I think those really cool picks that we had. To be fair, those those really sort of graphic karate mid air. Uh, I mean, it was a definite red. But, you know, wasn't it foul and, and dangerous? Really dangerous. To be fair, could have done all kinds of damage to Leanne Cole. Howard um, Webb wouldn't think so. The, pic- <laughs> the pictures. Um, the pictures we put out seemed to show it looked inside the box, didn't they? Mm. Um, but I think they can be a little deceiving when when the action was moving. And he he actually um, gave a free kick, three or f- two or three yards back. So he, I don't know how much of a debate there was about the positioning of it, but it was a red all day long. I had the Accrington Sandy media team in front of me during the game watching a replay of the clip, trying to tell me that it was on a red card. And I was like, I don't know if you've seen the footage. Yeah. I mean, he's nearly kicked his head off. And the ball is nowhere near the keeper's foot. It is the definition of dangerous play. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so it would have been interesting. Like you said, had it been a pen, does he stick with that double jeopardy, no red? Or does he follow the letter of the law of this is serious, dangerous play? You're going to go, I really don't know. The rules are so murky, I've lost interest in keeping up <laughs> it's a bit of like Shawn Michaels switching music that was for, for a wrestling reference he, <laughs> wow. he, he, you know super kick party it was it was yeah, it was uh, it was very high um, it was light and it, it, in my eyes it, it's not even up for debate it's ascending off yeah uh, and obviously a good three points for Shrewsbury Town as well a um, couple of results before that obviously the 0-0 draw with Warsaw was a good result and the 2-0 draw with Gillingham um, yeah. Both them draws, they're kind of 
The Warsaw, the Warsaw draw for me is a great result. You're away from home. Yes, I know it's against a, a local rival, mm. but I think you'd have taken a point there. The one with Gillingham, because it's so late that they equalise, it almost feels like a oh, defeat, doesn't it? Luke, yeah, I mean, that was a poor afternoon at the office, to, to say the least. I mean, John Askey since is saying, you know, oh, that's a game we should have won and normally would have won. Yeah, I guess it is. When, when you take the lead in the 88th minute, you know, to, to have... To have turned it round and took the lead, you know, deservedly so, to then throw that away, you know, this was when they'd only won once. You just really were left concerned, scratching your head, frustrated. I was so frustrated in that press box. I mean, you try and remain kind of neutral and all that, but you just couldn't believe it. I, what made it even worse, that the manner, I'm sure I ranted at Joe after the game, but the manner of Gillingham's two goals were... Um, Probably a far lesser standard of, of young Joe's um, Sunday league antics. Honestly, it was chronic. Um, <laughs> the first one was bad, very bad. The second one, when you've just gone 2 1 up in the 88th minute, was horrendous. Um, there were like six, seven players around the ball and they managed to not clear it. I mean, God knows how. Um, and then big Tom Eves, former Shrewsbury man, seems to, to you know float into the box of his six foot five frame and rattle it into the far post. And Gillingham was so bad. I can't even tell you how you know, poor they were. Um, but, you know, there was definitely two points dropped. And that, that game left you with more questions than answers. Because, yes, they scored two goals. But massive questions of the defence after that. Which, you know, fair play to John Askin and his team. Because since then, they went to Warsaw uh, three days later. Warsaw have been doing well as you mentioned <clears throat> then they played Accrington as we've just been speaking about and of course the game against Mickey Mellon Strumney and they've not conceded since three, three clean sheets and that's sort of I, I'm not as worried I mean I was worried after Gillingham because I thought what's happened to this sort of d- defence looked like it was going to be a bit of a, a backbone for them they weren't conceding many despite their lowly status so I thought they got a bit of a defence that you know knows how to keep a clean sheet or two Matt Sadler marshals it superbly. Chillingham, I think you know the blind score would have scored. Um, mm. You know, no disrespect, but it was that bad. Like it really was. Um, I think I'd have got a couple. It was that bad, and I don't score many. Um, yes, yeah, so, but they 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 saved. You know, they turned it around with these clean sheets, and yeah, if they can build on that, if they can get a clean sheet away at Fleetwood, uh, it'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? And you've always got a chance. If you're keeping a clean sheet, we know they don't score many goals. Um, but it's been an okay run. You know, the Gillingham game, you know, at least they didn't lose it. But at the time, they needed to have won it. They've, they've, mm. You know, you'd have took the point at Warsaw. I absolutely agree. That was a great nil-nil. Like, really good nil-nil. You get some absolute board draws in this league and just covering football in general. But, you know, Warsaw colleague Joe Massey would say that could have been 3 3 4 3 you know anything um, mm. town game almost as good as they got Warsaw shaded it with chances and that but you know you, you take the point on the road um, and now they've got two wins on the bounce some beating in three four games so we spoke about with Jaiski today the word momentum a little bit of momentum uh, let's hope that can you know when they scored against Accrington they went up from 20th to 14th in League 1 mm. finished their 16th it just shows it's really tight around there Get a couple of good results now. We're going into a difficult period. Granted, could put a bit of bit of space between them and sort of the bottom four and sort of alleviate some fears 
but yeah, t- a tough run coming up, which is why the Accrington result was so, so vital. Um, sure, it's just calmed everyone down. And, you know, the 6-0 would have helped no end. A uh, bit of confidence in, in the lads. And, you know, I said to the first teamers, look what these sort of backup players can do, you know. Mm. So I think, yeah, headaches for Jayaski going forward, but he'll feel so much better after that 1-0 against Accrington. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, let's talk Telford, Joe. Um, let's start Let's start with the FA Cup. Um, 2-1 loss away to Warrington. Dumped out. Missed out on a little bit of a cash injection there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It would have been £15,000, and that's you know certainly not to be a, not to be sniffed at. And it would have been you know a much welcome uh, amount of money and a much welcome progression in the cup. But obviously, every year you're kind of thinking, is this the year? Um, cup run and things like that. Since the reformation in our four, they've had a couple of couple of bigger ties against South End and um, Bristol City, but uh, you know. You're always dreaming, aren't you, with that glamour tie? Mm. But uh, not to be, and they didn't deserve anything. Uh, you know, Warrington were the better team, and they deserved the victory. It, Telford just really, just didn't really get going until st- second half stoppage time, to be honest. Mm. And um, you know, the, the kind of put the foot on the gas then when it was when it was too late. They got a got a goal and. It was a scrappy goal, very scrappy goal. Looked like looked like there was a foul on the uh, Warrington keeper, but Daniel Ludo sticks it away. Eleven of the season, he just keeps keeps on firing, even when he's having bad games. Yeah, um, you know he didn't really do a lot on on a Saturday, but he still scored. And um, and they, they did have another one cleared off the line just before that, and that just sums up how things are going for Andre. You know, he's he, Andre Brown. He's trying everything, but he just can't buy a goal at the moment. So. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was a disappointing day, very disappointing, and uh, it, it was always going to be difficult because Warrington are the, are the Northern Premier leaders, the division below. Uh, Telford, there, I think they went into the game on a twelve match unbeaten run, and I think it was a run of about eight successive clean sheets in the league. So they're certainly, you know, a well drilled, confident team, and it was always going to be a task to stop them. Um, but Telford. Just didn't really show anything near their best, and that was the disappointment. Um, you know, you, you would have. We we were th- we were thinking going into it to be honest. I had an inkling that that Warrington were going to win mm. just be, just because they were in such form, and when a team is going and rolling mm. like that, they're so hard to stop. Um, but Telford, had they been at their best, you would have would have liked to have thought that they would have got something or at least took it to a replay. Um, but they, they didn't deserve to. Um, Bowen Dixon, who was up front for Warrington, just proved a many saw afternoon, and he got the first, and they cut, that kind of set the time from there. And it was just a kind of a case, really, of, of especially in the second half, um, until that final five minutes, it was that that old adage that Warrington just seemed to want it that little bit more. Yeah, and you said in the last podcast, Joe, that one of the things that Telford are really focusing on is not getting back-to-back defeats and unfortunately it is back-to-back defeats for them because they yeah. lost the previous game to Blythe Spartans too. Uh, what's the mood like in the camp do you think? Are they are they, are they not they're not going to get too down on themselves? You no, uh, Gavin Kerr and I spoke to him uh, this afternoon and it's something that he said a few times and he, he said from the from the start really that that they won't get too excited when things are going well and won't get too down when things aren't and it's about that equilibrium for him. It's about staying the same and staying level-headed. And 
they've got a good bunch, and, and this is the thing. That, and this is why the weekend was all the more frustrating, really. It's because they've shown that they can do it. Uh, yeah. Throughout August, uh, they were exceptional, and it's about getting back to that. And um, the performance against Warrington just, you know, said to me, it seemed that they were, you know, questioning themselves a little bit. Um, things throughout August, throughout sep- early September, were, you know, they were making the pass straight away. It was, mm. it was instinctive, and and now they were kind of, you know, almost second guessing themselves and taking time, pondering, and then, you know. The, the the ball's gone. The you know the opposition have got it, or the the going long, you know the kind of rushing things as opposed to building up players. There were so, it's it's a question of having belief really and uh, knowing that that they have done it and they can do it and getting back to that and um, it's it's just the need to kind of get more goals as well because. Daniel Ludo, as I mentioned, is the top scorer at 11 goals, which is a fantastic achievement at this stage of the season. But he's the only one to have scored in the last three games now. Mm. And it's kind of getting to the point that if Udo isn't scoring, then who is? I think it's calling for somebody to step up and you know, and say, you know, I'm going to share the mantle now with Udo and kind of step up and fill that role because they've had a few strikers up top with him. Um, Andre Brown, as I've mentioned, he's, I think it's five without a goal. Um, Amari Morgan-Smith, he has had an injury but hasn't scored since the opening day. And Matthew Barnes-Armer hasn't found the net yet. So we need to, and well, get we, we need to say, and Gav needs to, you know, <laughs> find, find that nice balance where Udo, yes, as a striker, get, get him goals and create chances for him. But find goals from other places as well because, you know, that there needs to be a fair share of people chipping in, and we've just lost that over these uh, last few weeks. Momentum's a mad thing in football, isn't it? Because I found it really interesting. I was going to ask Joe, you know, is it just that, you know, that it's it's not coming as natural now when you're flying and winning, it just comes off, doesn't it? Whatever you try and do, just sort of. You know, it, it drops into the bottom corner. You know, it drops to your man from a ricochet or whatever. Um, but when you just don't, that first result goes against you. Then you start to just sort of pause and you know, yeah. take a split second too long, second guess, wrong decisions, and it, it it's momentum, isn't it? And it's weird because I don't know if you could ask, like if Gav spoke about this, but you can't really coach it, can you? To, no, to and he he says that he said that himself. In, in fairness, he says you know they. Do all that they can, and you talk to players once they cross that white white line. Really, it's it's a, it can give them guidance, and he can he can um, you know give them pointers. But it's it's down to them and having that belief in themselves, and and that that has been that has been lacking over the last few weeks. Uh, you, you can't you can't question that that they have. You can just see that their performance haven't been as fluid, and that that is that acid test, isn't it? When when a team is falls to its first defeat or falls to a defeat how do they respond and since that 3-0 loss at Darlington they haven't quite been the same and um, even the win against Bedford in the Cup I mean they had Udo in sensational form that day got the mm. hat-trick and had it not been for that the, the, and Bedford had their spells in the game had they been against the better size you'd think mm. Telford maybe would have been put to the sword so it's it's a difficult one the need to They've got a big test, big big test this weekend against Chorley, yeah. yeah. uh, the league leaders. 
Still not lost. Still not lost, and you can look at it in two, in one or two ways. I think uh, the, certainly Gavin and the players will be thinking right with the harm team. The pressure is on us, and it's up to us to respond. But you could also look at it in a way that it's it's as good as a free hit, really. Mm. Um, the, the Telford really aren't expected to win this game. Chorley have got, I think it's nine wins and two draws. They've conceded just four goals in 11 games. So this is a team that is absolutely just rolling right now. And if Telford play with that freedom and without without feeling that pressure, then there's a real chance that it could pull off an upset. And if they did, and the... The results of the past couple of weeks, the cup exit would soon be forgotten. It would yeah. really reaffirm to people that Telford are yeah. a promotion contender, a playoff contender. So it's it's a big, big game, and I think yeah, rather than beating themselves up, and I don't think they are, but they don't need to beat themselves up. Play with that freedom and play as if you know that this. This is just a good chance. Just go out there and enjoy it and see what happens because Chorley are the favourites. They are expected to win. And if if they, if they can even get a draw, that would be massive, massive, uh, a massive result for the books. Out of interest, would you, if, if you were in charge hypothetically, would you change things from how it's been? Would you give the system a tinker or would you try any different personnel? I'd, I'd look at a bit of a personnel change perhaps but the system for me has got to stay how it is because 442 if 4-4-2 it's kind of a diamond shape and it, it can at times seem a little bit narrow um, but I think there's scope for a bit of a tweak uh, tweak there um, the, as I mentioned about Brown Barnes Armour and uh, Morgan Smith not really firing at the moment you've got John McAtee there now who can play as a number 10 and this this lad needs games. He wasn't great at Warrington. I think he'll be the first to admit that. Um, but he needs games under his belt. And I think Gav has a you know sees a lot of potential in this kid. And if he could play perhaps as a number ten second striker behind Dudo, and then offer the added protection to the midfield mm. against the Chorley side that you know a very dominant, then maybe. You know, there's something in that, yeah. but um, at the same time, you may want to give Brown and or Barnes Armour or Morgan Smith a goal and try and get their confidence boosted. But they've got to stick to the the same system for me. Um, I don't think they've necessarily got the scope to do what a Shrewsbury have done and go for a three-five-two. I don't think there's the wing backs yeah. in, in the squad. The the, the full backs that Telford have got are full backs. Yeah. Um, Steph Morley, which was the big positive of Warrington, actually came in after several weeks on the sidelines with a calf problem and uh, got through 90 minutes and was probably the best player on the day for Telford. So it, he's a left back and Ross White is as as much of a right back as right backs come, to, to be honest. He's, <laughs> he's, not, he's not a wing back and uh, he's very much defence first, as is Steph, even though he can chip in with free kicks and good set pieces. So 4 4 2 really, or perhaps you know a 4 4 1 1, dependent on whether you want to include McAtee or not. Well, yeah. Adam, Adam Dawson, that winger, is he? Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one with Dawson because based on ability, he should be in the team every week. 
and yeah. he's got that X factor. He's got a little bit of pace, a little bit of trickery. He's got an eye for goal, and he's got a good cross on him. But when you play him, it leaves Telford a little bit lopsided. Right. Uh, if he's on the right or the left, you've either got double knights kind of drifting in from the left and then going into that number 10 role. Uh, or if you've got him on the left, then you've got Henry Kevins on the right who, by trade, is a centre midfielder. So it kind of leaves him slightly unbalanced with Dawson. And that's why I think that he's been used primarily as an impact sub yeah. for the chasing game. So I would like to see him start games. And I think there is a lot of fans that would like to see him start as well. But I think it's about finding that happy medium that if you're going to have Dawson, you kind of perhaps need somebody offering that whip from the other side. And as things stand at the moment, I don't think Telford quite have that luxury. Mm. So interesting anyway. Um, you know what time for? Double-barrelled strikers. Oh. Joe, there's been movement. Yeah, there's been movement. <laughs> and this is, this is what we wanted, isn't it? Because for a few weeks, we were at a standstill. We've decided to allow assists into the equation for half points just to get the number up a little bit. We were scraping the barrel, weren't we? We, 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 we really were. Really were. So for those who aren't aware, you know, we'll reaffirm the points. There is four double-barrelled surname strikers on uh, across our two teams, Shrewsbury and Telford. We've got Lanel, John Lewis and Amar- Aaron Amardi Holloway, easy for me to say, uh, for Shrewsbury. Mm. And Matthew Barnes, I am Matt, and uh, Amari Morgan-Smith for Telford. And uh, Linnell is leading away, leading by example after his uh, after his goal charge. <laughs> we, so up for debate here. Are we including his central league cup goal I, for I, the for the reserves? I had to message. I had to message Joe. I, I didn't attend this reserve, this glorified reserve game. Uh, delighted to see him get on the score sheet. Absolutely buzzing. Yeah. I, the, it was a worldie as well, by the way. Absolute left foot top bins, you know. Oh well, that, that, half oh body. well. If it's if it's a worldie, then oh, you've got one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, uh, but I did have to message Joe, like you know, do we need this? Are, are we are we having this? You know, central league cup. But Joe was, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to. And I it, I'd forgot we'd we'd been given assist points here. So yeah, I think we're, we've got to have all the goals we can get. Really, haven't we? Yeah. So, so Linnell, with that goal in the Central League Cup and of course he's won on a Tuesday night and his assist on Tuesday night for Greg Doherty's goal that takes him to a whopping three and a half oh. so he's leading the way and um, in uh, in second place is uh, Amari Morgan-Smith still on that one from the uh, opening day uh, <laughs> victory for Telford over Southport we've got Matthew Barnes-Homer on a half a point Lamar. good job Matt and uh, you know, getting that assist uh, against uh, Stockport Stockport, is that right? I think, oh, I think so. He's, he's got one. He's got. He's got an assist. You were there, Joe. And um, but Aaron Amardi Holloway, he's still uh, yet to open his account, so he's he's a smack bang on zero. So uh, come on, Aaron. Late bloomer. Word Late for bloomer. Lenny. Word for Lenny. We we had him. You know, he was up up for press on on Monday, head of the Czech trade game. Did you mention this to him? And, uh, no, I can't say I did. No, I. I, I oh did. my Sorry. God. Um, I mean, I'd, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, I've got all the time in the world for him, and and you know, you want to see him do well. He's he's a nice chap, um, but again, he said you know second time I spoke to him this season, press duty, and he said he feels fantastic. And earlier in the season, he had a run in the team. He played at Portsmouth, 
had a couple of chances that day, big chances. Um, but he, he does look a different player to last season when he, he just came on to, to run it into the corner. He says he feels fantastic sharp. Joe saw him the other day in the 6-0. Said he looks a, a player, didn't you, Joe? So Yeah. He, he looks half a yard quicker. Yeah. Um, and the the big thing that struck me against Tranmere, who again, weren't great, but he was holding the ball up but he was taking it past players as well and mm. um, you know showing some really nice footwork which I hadn't seen nothing before he has, he's always been a target man but he's never really had that well never really shown it before when I've been there anyway that he can take on a man but he, he, he did it with a plum on her Tuesday night he is a seasoned centre forward experienced you know 28 score, add, add 20 goal a season campaigns he knows where to be for, for a chance so I think if you're sending him on like that Charlton game start of the season, I think he'll get into areas. If if you're chasing it, you know we know what happened last season when Tamer one nil up, he came and took it into the corner because he's a unit and he can do that. But if you're chasing the game, I do think I do think that he knows where to put himself. You know, just for a rebound or a knockdown, I do think he's a good option now. Yeah. And interesting earlier when you were sort of ranking the strikers, that you know you you put him above a Marty Holloway because you know since the last podcast we mentioned that. The two-two draw with Gillingham in the Warsaw game. Amadi Holloway started. He's you know his first real start since the opening weeks. He got over this in this injury um, and started. And a lot of town fans, first real time we've seen him up to speed, said he looked a handful. Amadi Holloway. Now I can't quite work him out personally. I, I don't. Mm. I can see why he's never scored goals. Um, see why his goal ratio is poor. But when he's on it. You know, he's—I don't want to say unplayable, but he is a very tough customer for defenders. That defenders bounce off him, and you know, on another day, Warley wouldn't have blazed over from twelve yards, and he'd have got a great assist. Um, I do wonder about his mental. I do confident striker. I think he is, and if you can get him right mentally, I think we've got a good player there mm. for Shrewsbury. Um, but I do—I do agree. You know, with with Liangol, top scorer with four. You know. Fajiri's hat trick and, and Lenny coming on, you know, you do wonder where where Aaron Amadi Holloway with these little niggles he keeps picking up and in and out of the team is putting himself down the pecking order, you know. I mean, is he going to finish bottom of our of our rankings? Well, and and if he does finish bottom or you know, he, and how I've said he's fourth choice, this doesn't mean he's a bad player, but. F- at the end of the day, strikers are judged on the goals that they score, and yeah. he hasn't scored yet, so. You've got to just give the nod to the others that have been chipping in. Yeah, that's it. Um, as always, we'll nominate a uh, double-barrelled player for our double-barrelled Hall of Fame. Don't have to be strikers. For those who don't know, we have a Hall of Fame full of double-barrelled players. Uh, so far, they consist of Sylvain Ebanks Blay, Forbes Philipson Masters, uh, Shane Cansdale Sheriff, Chris Bart Williams, Sean Wright Phillips, Alex Oxide, Chamberlain. Right, me and Some Joe. Party, that. It is a big party. I mean, it's just missing Morton Gamps Pedersen. Well, he's not a double barrel player, <laughs> no. which is what yeah. we, we, when, we when figured you, out last when, week. When you come forward, they actually do need to have little dashes between their name. Lesson I've learned. Yeah. 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 Well, luckily, it's not your turn <laughs> to, to make a nomination. You had one job. <laughs> it's, it's mine and Joe's turn. I'm going to open. Um, this person's the ultimate football mercenary. He played over 300 times, um, still plays, I think, four goals. Um, he's not here for his footballing ability, though. It's more about the off-the-field stuff with this lad. 
Um, he was released from a Premier League club. Do you know what he did when he was released? Posted on Instagram a picture of Braveheart, Mel Gibson, with freedom written at the bottom of it. Um, he claims to have bought £25 boots off eBay um, in, to avoid prostitution of sponsorship. So he didn't want to be a prostitute to sponsors. Um, he took shots at Kylian Mbappe on Twitter. Um, he claimed he was the reason Gareth Bale was so good at the left wing. How can you take? How can anyone take shots at Kylian Mbappe, who's just been the first teenager to score in a World Cup since Pele? Well, this this was an issue with um, African-based players who were playing for France. It was a bit of an international quandary. Oh, is um, that a clue? It is a clue, and he was also tipped to a move to uh, a slightly different career, uh, pornography. He was okay. linked to at one point. Um, his last team was Mets. I think I've got it. He claimed he was the reason Gareth Bale was so good. Do you know yeah. why? He was yeah. like, I'm the guy who does all the dirty work for yeah. Gareth Bale on the left wing. I'm the one who gives him the ball. Lewis, my suggestion is Benoit Asu Akoto. Like it. Like, like the obs- obscurity. Although I suppose he did play for Spurs, which is a, you know, probably in the Champions League with him. Uh, he's... Fa- he- he represents uh, quite a niche international side, I believe. Is he Malian, maybe? Uh, Cameroonian. 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 Cameroon. Oh, right. Cameroonian. Okay, that's not as niche as I thought. Um, yeah, he's quite the colourful character, isn't he? Did he drop into the Football League? Can you remember? He was at QPR for a time. Yes, he was. But I, I don't know if he went in the Championship with everyone. I quite like to know where he uh, is now. He was in that terrible... He was playing for Mets. He was playing for Mets. Oh, his, right. his current club, as per soccer base... Uh, or transfermarket.com unknown <laughs> right so, so, so he's a free agent <laughs> he did play for Mets that was the last team he played for in France I like him does he definitely have a little dash he definitely does yeah. I did I did look that up good good he's good. also a play, just just to finish off uh, he said he plays football for the money he doesn't do it for the passion yeah. he says he doesn't really care about football he just does it because it's a good paycheck he, well, he's very colourful I must say I never liked him because I always thought he was a bit of a Bleep. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so... Uh, the, I, That's I, the reason I've submitted him. It's I've, not for not over football inability. This is for pure pure comedy value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he would be... I mentioned it as a good party. He would liven said party um, with all kinds of antics that you've touched on there, Luke. I think he could really bring something to the party. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, the door's open, or at least a jar for Joe to, to sneak this one. Well, if if you want something, you know, good at a party, how about brothers? You know, what, do you, do you want some brothers there? Oh, here we go. Oh, we're bringing two. So you you've got you've got Sean Wright Phillips. He's there at the party. He's, at, <laughs> he's, at, he's having a dance at the party, and you know, but he, he's he's kind of on himself. He's 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 you know he's in the corner trying trying to mingle. But, but then I wonder where through, you're going here. Joe. Through the door comes his comes his you know his brother. His big brother, or little brother, big little, brother, little, little brother. His big little brother. Yeah, yeah. Bradley Wright Phillips. He comes into town, he comes to the party, and, you know, on the back of his goal scoring exploits at, uh, at New York Red Bulls. I mean, this is a player that I saw play at uh, Bescott um, for Plymouth, I think, and he was absolute rubbish. And he goes to the MLS and he. Pretty much surpasses Terry, Thierry Henry in terms of New York Red Bulls greats. <laughs> this guy just scores goals for fun in the MLS, and I don't know whether that's testament to him or how poor the MLS is. But I'd say Bra- Bradley Wright Phillips. Yeah, I, th- I think like Sean, he needs a bit of brotherly love in there. Yeah, 
and this is this is a Sean Wright Phillips who ended up riding the coattails of Bradley and signing for uh, New York Red Bulls. Apparently, Bradley was earning a whopping, well, I say a whopping, for for footballers around seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Wow. The reckon Sean Wright Phillips per year was making a tenth of that. Seventy-five. Seventy-five grand. grand per year. And when you think of the money he was probably on at Chelsea, yeah. And now he's completely in the shadow of his brother because Bradley has absolutely stormed it on the over in the States. I, like so, uh, I do like that. The so, issue, topical issue. as well because Bradley's been in the news this week, hasn't he? I can't quite remember what he's done, but I remember. I don't, I don't know. I can't. Someone might have to Google this quickly, but certainly I remember reading something about him. And Ian Wright had a little laugh on Twitter about. Um, he's Ian's. Biological son. I'm not sure. I'll be honest. <laughs> and Sean is his adopted son. Really? I think so. This is confident, <laughs> This is the issue I've got. You know when you rock up to a party and you're about to leave for a party and um, I don't know about you guys, I've got a brother who's two years younger than me. So I'd be going to a party, I was like 18, um, really looking forward to it and then my mum comes down and she's like, Luke, take your brother. I'm like, What? Take my brother. Can you you want me to take my brother to a pie? It's just, you, you know when you rock up with a family member, it never looks great. Double the trouble, double the fun, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, what, oh, that's what you want. This is a toughie, this. Well, it's, it's down to Lewis. You, you have Benoit ruining the party. Ruining. Ruining, ruining or, or, ruining or livening say, up. Yeah. Probably setting the place on fire and mm. saying, oh, well, you know... I'd, I'll drive a smart car instead of a Lamborghini and I'll do it, <laughs> do it for the money and I don't care. Because he spent all his cash on the booze for yeah, the set. And, 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 <laughs> I you, don't know why I've turned this Hall of Fame into a party, but I think it's quite or a you, or you get Or you get Bradley coming to the party, just, oh, well, I'm just here you know, for, for me, brother, and just to have a good time. Oh, you know? man, I feel a lot of pressure here. Are we putting Sean and Bradley in if they go through? Well, Sean, Sean is in. Sean's already in. Oh, sorry, Sean, right. Sean is right. in. So oh, this is sorry. what I'm saying, that we've got to bring Bradley oh. to the party because Sean is there, Bradley doesn't want to feel left out. So you don't want a family feud going on. That's the last thing you want. You want happy siblings. I, I don't know. Luke's suggestion, you know, played Premier League. I like the obscurity. Bradley's I don't know. played Premier League. Yeah, I just think, Joe, you've just, might have just like sort of crept on the coattails of, of an already member. <laughs> I don't it's your call, Lewis. It's your call. We can always resubmit these. You know, you, can, yeah. you don't have to be a first ballot. But I've got a lot. I've got a lot of time for what Bradley's achieved. I must say, um, but I'm, I, I, I like Benoit's antics, okay. and I don't think there are going to be many double-barreled heroes to have had such a, you know, uh, colourful created such drama. So I think. Um, I think I'm going to go with Luke Benoit Asuakoto. Two in a row. Hall of Fame. Two in Sorry, a Joe. row. It's all right. He'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> he will. Let's let's move on then. Let's move on because Benoit's in. Welly watch. Welly watch. Welly watch. Yes. What's going on? Right. Let me be careful though. I say this. So, Wellington amateurs. They're they're on the back of a couple of defeats. The first one was to seek hunters. Okay. Three 0 loss. Okay. Okay. Just careful though. I said that. Okay. See. <laughs> seek hunters okay free oh, right. say, say it faster yeah, 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 yeah. okay yeah. just yeah we'll, we'll gloss over that but you know it's, it's, that, that is a 
The news readers' nightmare, isn't it? That. Um, and then downed in a four-three thriller. Easy for me to say again against yeah. Droitwich. And now is the big one at the weekend. Uh, Leicester Nirvana smells like team spirit. Yes. <laughs> in the uh, FA Vars uh, and Leicester Nirvana are two divisions above uh, our Wellington Amateurs Leicester Nirvana are in the United Counties Premier um, Wellington Amateurs of course in the West Midlands Division 1 Yeah. so this would be a huge huge scalp for Lee Mitchell's men it's a massive game for Williams isn't it? yeah and it's at School Grove as well so it's non-league day at yeah. the weekend if you want a, you know, a nice welcoming club Potential upset on the cards. Definitely. School Grove is the place to be. Hope they have a boosted gate. I do. They deserve it. And the league form ain't been great, has it? No. I, I, I must admit, I, I expected slightly more in Div 1. Uh, of course, I've had, you know, off field, um, you know, obviously the sad news of Dave Gregory, but, you know, I, I expect more in the, you know, the, the manager was waxing lyrical about the players coming over for Oak and Gates. Maybe they're taking time to adapt, you know, yeah. with that one. But this Vars run been a very nice distraction um the money uh, i'm not exactly sure the prize money for this round um but you know it's it's considerable for a club of their size um yeah what a scalp that would be because when you get up to the leicester nirvana level what's that midlands Pre- it's it's the equivalent to the midland midland premier yeah so it's the step step five yeah united counties there yes sorry yeah they've, yeah they've moved over but that level they'll be you know they'll have players that they're paying you know I'm sure um, and have talented players so go on Williams yeah we hope we're talking about like a you know the run being continued in the Vars next time all the best to them quickly touch on TNS uh, hopefully some more colourful pronunciations from me um Three 0 win over Carmarthen Town. Did I get that one right? Yeah, I don't think you can really get that one wrong to be honest. Five 0 win over Prestatin. Yeah, again, God, these right. are hard ones. We need to take Luke. This is a really tricky one. A four-one loss to Cardiff Met University. Oh, I know right. I got that one right. That's and that was, and that was, yeah, I saw that. That was very surprising. Very yeah. surprising four-one. It so, doesn't happen often with TNS. It certainly doesn't. So the second in the Welsh Prem is Connors Key Nomads. Uh, let's let's go TNS, eh? Let's pick it up. Let's pick it up. Connors Key seem to be having an absolute storm out. I mean, it, it's hard, you know, naturally to. Uh, they, they are a team on that patch, and we do look out for the results. But I mean, it's, it is hard to always keep a, 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 a game by game uh, tabs on the Welsh mm-hmm. Premier. But Connor's key. Whenever you seem to see their results, they're absolutely just rolling at the moment. So TNS, I think of. I mean, it, we always say that it's not a foregone conclusion, but it's always very likely that they're going to win the league. But mm. I think this uh, Connor's key side is going to put up a fight. I, I, I just think the gap is probably. Well, isn't, isn't it's, it's, it's getting narrower, yeah. It's definitely shrunk. Um, and, you know, they've got a battle on their hands this year, and they've got Roscoe's men, they've got, um, you know, they're going to they're have to, certainly a bigger battle than they've had the last few years. Um, I just mentioned this to Joe, because I think he'll enjoy it. I had one Greg Draper in my mentions oh, so the, recently. Uh, I mean, you, yeah. you're on about throwing names. I mean, I went to interview Shane Warne last night, no biggie, but Greg Draper tops that. Did he did he chat to you on Twitter? No, I mean I was merely a bystander in his oh, Twitter right, conversation. Okay. But when his name popped up, you know, I mean, for those that don't know, you know, I'm sure Joe will introduce Greg Draper, TNS hotshot, New uh, Zealand, international, international footballer. 
um, saying that he was gutted he couldn't attend the uh, the Shane Warne event oh. uh, because he'd because he'd got his dates mixed up and he thought it was next week when the Saints play and he could have gone. What could oh, have been? What a shame. You know, you you Greg, you you're in New Zealand international. You you're a goal scorer. You, you can't get everything right, can you? The, no, he's, he's got to slip up somewhere. So nobody's perfect. Good job he knows where the net is. Yep, that's it. He loves goals. Right, Lewis. Questions. We've had some questions. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Um, yes, I had a couple of uh, sort of musings sent in by supporters. Inquiries. Yeah, just uh, before the presser today, sort of seeing you know had had supporters a feeling. Unsurprisingly, a lot of uh, a lot of requests to ask about one Charlie Colkett. Um, you know, mainly whether he exists. Um, I can confirm. I've I've seen him on occasions driving his Mercedes around. You know, into the training ground. A personalised number plate, quite hard to miss. Think it reads something like Colks. So you know, one assumes it's Charlie Colkett. But no, we haven't seen him in the league since the opening day. I think he came on as a sub. One of the games recently, actually, uh, which was quite a surprise because he hasn't been on the bench much either. Yeah. Um, news today in the Shropshire staff from the press conference that he, he does have an injury, uh, which is why he wasn't involved in the checker trade 6-0 on Tuesday night. Because otherwise he would have at least been on the bench. And I thought we'd have seen him get a, a run out for a Loren or a Norman who are more regulars. Um, so he's got a, a sort of minor foot injury as the Chelsea Loney. Um, so he's back at Stamford Bridge. Do they train at Cobham? Have we got that right? Yeah, rings a bell. So, yeah. He's back at Cobham there in their lush surroundings, getting some treatment on that. So definitely out of the weekend's trip to Fleetwood. I mean, you know, he, he wouldn't have started anyway, obviously. But, you know, he, I think we will start to see him on the bench when he comes back. You know, I, I don't think, looking at it, looking at how well some of the midfielders have done, I just don't think he's first choice. I don't... I don't know if he's up to I don't know if he's physically strong enough. You know, there's a lot of work for him to do to get into this midfield. Uh, will we see him do it before a recall happens? I don't know. That's that's to be seen. But, yeah, a little niggling injury, which has uh, hardly helped his cause. Um, someone asked... Uh, Come on, na- name drop these people. Yeah, no, I'm, try- I'm sorry. Yeah, apologies. I'm, I'm trying to find... Uh, trying to find Katie, Katie Edwards, that was, um, regards Colkit and also Joe Evans... Um, Fraser Reddings asking when we will see Isa back. Uh, Abo Isa. I'm always uh, bang on him, you know. Yeah. Sound investment. Abo Isa. Yeah. Isa. Isa. Yeah, I think annoyingly it is Isa because it kind of ruins the joke. Mm. Um, and Jeff Stelling, the one and only, was uh, mispronouncing mm. his brother Mohammed. Mo. For like the whole of his sort of two year <laughs> God. So yeah, best not tell Jeff it is uh, Issa over Issa, but you know, potato, pota- what is it? Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, whatever. Um, when we were seeing back, he's been out for about a month with a, a knee problem. Um, I had to go and have a scan. It was towards the end of August he picked that up, so it's been just over a month actually, because he, he, they did look to get him out on loan for football because he's a talent, he's raw, he's got pace, he could do some damage up to speed they were trying to get him out on loan that injury scuppered it it scuppered sending Arthur out on loan Arthur Nahua mm-hmm. um, but Issa's getting there He's he's been outside running sort of doing some ball work up to speed uh, I told by John Askey today that he's back in training next week so you know the, the checker trade games coming up there are central league cup games coming up where we'll see him being you know sort of drip fed back in and I think he will be an asset I do because they're not 
Um, they haven't got loads of wingers, have they? Sean Worley, Alex Gilead. You touch on Fajiri, who can go out there. But beyond that, yeah. I mean, Worley and Gilead need competition and need help, don't they? Because they'll either blow up or coast through the season without a challenge. Yeah. So I think is going to be crucial when he comes back. I think we'll see him on the bench each week, if not pushing for a start, because I think he's, he's really got something about him. Mm-hmm. So that's the answer to that, Frazier. Um, Robert Tomlins asks about two up front, you know, will it happen? It, it happened, obviously, in a 3-5-2 the other day. We spoke about seeing 3-5-2 in the league. Not this weekend, I can't see it. No. I'm not ruling it out ever happening in the league, but, you know, I, I can't see it at the minute over 4-3-3. I can't mm. see a 4-4-2. I can't see two up top that way. I, I, I cannot see him sacrificing players no. in midfield. I, I just really can't see that. With, with those wingers and, and, and those centre-forwards, no. Um, and in, in Robert Tomlins has also put uh, Doherty question mark which again we touched on because he was so good Tuesday night wasn't yeah. he? he was a I'm a fan of his I've also said that there are games that he's not been as good as he can be I do think and I will put a predicted team out tomorrow that he'll come back in for Josh Loren who had a good game against Akronson last weekend but I think we'll see Doherty back in I think fans will want to want to see that um, as a lad Lad. Interesting, interesting character on Twitter. He what is a lad. Um, absolute shout out to him. I'm sure he'll like that. Um, two up top, sort of touched on that. Did Tuesday give you? Did Tuesday's formation give you food for thought? Definitely moving forward. Three five two is an option, yeah. as Joe says. A sort of, what, what did you say? Something up the manager's sleeve. Yeah, ice up um, his sleeve. Yeah. yeah, ice up his sleeve just to revert to if things aren't working. He also asked, "Do you like Marmite?" I forgot to ask John that. I did mean to. Um, I personally don't. You, you love it or you hate it. I'm, don't a, you? Lover, and I'm, I'm a lover. I'm, I'm a hater. Joe's got the casting vote. Uh, this is this might be quite controversial. Oh, <laughs> he's going to say he's indifferent. I yeah, could take I, it or leave uh, it. Yeah, I, I've had it once or twice. I can't say I like it, but I can't say that it's like terrible. So I'd probably say because I don't have it that I hate it, but I, I don't hate it. This is the thing with Marmite. When I was a kid, right? Don't don't judge me here. I used to visit my nans. I used to have a cup of tea. And you know what she used to make me? Marmite sandwiches with about eight pickled onions on the side. Absolutely stonking meal. (laughs) Can't beat Marmite sandwiches with pickled Uh, onions on the side. I'm afraid, Luke, you've been outed because it's a hate for myself, a love for you and and Joe. You know when someone just doesn't fit into a category? I I just don't really care for it, you know. No. And while the podcast's been going, I mean, I did give it a shout out on Twitter that, that you know, I had discussion points. I did tag John Pissaris oh, on Twitter, oh. you know, telling him that we were giving, you know, his chippy a, a shout out. Um, I said, we, you know, we're talking about, you know, the orange chip revolution. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you've never had orange chips, Luke. Anyway, John, I mean, John, John has come back about the orange chip. Here we go. A live response. The first ever live response to the Shropshire Football Club podcast chit chat. Make sure you mention we don't do orange chips. Oh, he doesn't do them. I can go deeper. They are coated. <laughs> they are coated in E one o two tartrazine colour. I'm hyper enough. Right. Wow. Okay. So e numbers. E numbers. Yeah, yeah. That they're not good for you. Now, uh, I mean, I'm not sure I care. They're, they're too nice. Uh, you know, if you go into the chippy, you're not being healthy, are you? No. Uh, unless John's. Chippy's. Um, it well, did. It did. It did. We made this point that the, my uh, my lady partner or whatever you want to say, uh, self, he's uh, he's kind of follows Slimming World and 
she was having a treat day and she made the point that afterwards that she felt like that he was still quite a healthy meal. He wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a, like a, she didn't think it was like a proper kind of takeaway. That's it with uh, fish and chips though, isn't it? Because it is, I mean, the fish is just packed full of protein. Yes, I know it's very fatty, the batter. Yeah. But you can, you, you can go down the route of asking for one without batter, but it's a bit weird that. Yeah. Um, it is, I mean, it's much better than getting, say, a KFC. Yeah. If or a McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, if we're getting really specific on the fish and chip thing, I'll be honest, 99% of the time I go to a chippy, I have a large don of meat and chips. So it's for me, I don't, I, I don't care much. For, I, I like cod and chips, I do, but I'll have a kebab. So, you know. You know what? I think we should get John Pissarras to, um, to sponsor this podcast and yeah. we will go down. We will film. We will record an episode live. Or not live. We will record an episode in the, that is the such fish a and good chip idea. shop. Yeah, there, there, is, there is like tables and chairs yeah, in there. That's, yeah. where, that's where I sat and enjoyed a, a lovely, delicious... I feel like we need to get a snapper out for this and everything. You can, a, sponsor, a real you can sponsor the podcast. You can sponsor it. Huge. Right. Huge. Top fish. Let's let's finish up now because I keep them questions coming in, by the way, everyone. If you've got questions, do yeah, send them in. We love yeah. questions. Thank you. We do Thank love you. the questions. We do love them. And we love them ones where it is like the Marmite level. Hey, you know, it doesn't all have to be football on yeah. this podcast, you know. What's Cheers, your, as a lad. What's your favourite pie and all that jazz? Do do Transformers need car insurance or life insurance? Who knows? Well, that's a good question. Both. Wowza. Both. So expensive. <laughs> anyway, let's quickly finish up with match previews because we're an hour and six minutes in, guys, and we haven't touched about match previews. Let's hurry these up. Yep. Really, we're meant to be trying to shorten these, you know. Um, oh, really? <laughs> the first up, Joey Barton's Fleetwood. It's always Joey Barton's Fleetwood. It's like Stephen Gerrard's Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Versus Shrewsbury Town. Um, you excited to meet Joey? Well, I don't know. If, <laughs> who knows? I've got. We're supposed to be shortening this section. I do. I do realise that. But Rochdale away last season. I went for a uh, a quick Jimmy Riddle at half time. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, I'm sure you know what that is. Yeah. Um, dashed out because I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be a mad rush and all that. Anyway, I got to the toilets in, in the media section. Uh, well, I think they're open to all fans, actually. Quite a queue. I'm just waiting for the, uh, the you know, wait, waiting for my turn. And yeah. uh, I found myself behind Joey Barton. Really? Queuing up for a week. Ah. Interesting tidbit I once I found out about Cesc Fabregas. I was at uh, an NBA London game. Now I actually run a basketball website on the side of this uh, of this ah, plug. Yeah, uh, I won't I won't plug it because you know it's, I'm on work time here. I'm not, I'm not, it's, it's a bit of a hobby of mine. Anyway, I get a press pass to the annual NBA London event, and I bumped into Cesc Fabregas in the bathroom. Uh, I said, "Oh, how are you, Cesc?" He's like, "Fine, thank you." Uh, I didn't have too many pleasantries with him because it's a bathroom, you know, there's etiquette. Anyway. After we finished up, because we were we were on the same time frame, me and Sesk. Um, I washed my hands. Sesk didn't walked out the room. Dirty. Did not use the sink. He's probably so clean that he doesn't have to wash his hands afterwards. Might have had hand gel. Mm. Who knows? But didn't wash his hands. Just <laughs> just a little fact for you. Troy Deeney does though. Good, good. Joey Barton couldn't comment. It was too busy. I was trying to sort of. Get away from him, to be honest. I mean, you know, nothing anyway, against him. But um, as much as we we're saying, we're shortening this section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Joey Barton, yeah, I bumped into him in, in Rochdale. Anyway, um, he's his side a tenth. They've had a bit of an up and down time of it, but they're a very decent squad. He's got an attacking squad there. He's got Chet Evans up front with Paddy Madden. I mean, mm. those pair know where the goals are. Uh, the, the goal is, I should say. Um, 
And yeah, you know, it's going to be a real test of Town's defence. They've got three clean sheets in a row, Town. Be a real, real test away to get a fourth there. Um, I, my personal point of view, I don't know if the manager would go along with this, John Askey, is that I'd take a draw all day long there at the Highbury Stadium. Uh, be a fantastic win if they could get that. Town are still winless away from home. Something the manager was glad I, I pointed out today. Um, great place to go and get first win. Fleetwood, not the best home record. They're actually doing much better on the road, which is quite a surprise. Mm. But as I say, I'd take a point. I really would. A you've win got, would be you've got fantastic. Tom, you've got Tom Leach with you, so you know you're going to get some sort of... Tom result. Leach is coming. He deserves a segment in this podcast because Town have played, I believe, something like 13 games this season. don't know if we're counting all the cup competitions. One, two... Actually, three, including the one Joe did the other day. But yeah, the two the two league games Town have won were attended by Tom Leach, our digital football intern, and he will be there this week. He's a lucky omen, right? AFC Telford versus Chorley, Joe. Arguably the toughest test of the season, barring Chorley away. Uh, can Can Telford issue their first loss of the season? Uh, home, home loss. I think I have predicted a home oh, loss and. Surely. And uh, this, again, I think the sentiment is echoed. They'd very much take a draw. Uh, but truly, they've got a lot of goals in them. And they just, as I, as I say, they don't really concede. And uh, they've got a few former Telford players in the ranks. Uh, Josh Wilson, who's the Telford's top scorer a couple of seasons ago, with, with a measly nine, really. Um, <laughs> wow. So Udo has already bettered that. Fun season um, I had then. Yeah, the, um, so that was... Josh Wilson, he's there. Elliot Newby, who of course left Telford for Chorley for an undisclosed fee. He's been uh, starting uh, since since going there in the summer. And Matty Irwin's in the sticks. And uh, he had a fairly brief loan spell at Telford, but looked pretty good while he was there. Mm. Um, and of course, Jamie Vermelia, the manager, he's former Telford as well. So there's a fair few coming over who are now strangers to the book said. And uh, they've got... A good amount of nowhere in that team. I've made the point before that they've had a very similar team for a few years now and they've made a couple of tweaks here and there. And I think that continuity at that level uh, really speaks volumes and it really shows in, in the in the way that they've played. I think that is the recipe for success. And I think it's something that Telford, in the long run, under Kevin, are looking to emulate, trying to build something for the next two, three years and... Uh, they are, they are they are showing the way to do it to to be honest at the moment. So if Telford can get a draw, I mean if they got a win, amazing. But if they get a draw, I think fans will be very happy. But if they get a loss, which a lot of fans are expecting, and which I personally just we've truly have been doing, can't. You know, it, uh, that's what I, that's what I see happening myself. But Telford can't get down about that because this is, as I say, as good as a free hit. Certainly, well is. worth saying. Follow our man Johnny Jury. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny's going to be there, and Johnny, can he emulate Tom and be a lucky airman? Let's hope so. So, so let's get predictions. Finish up with predictions. First one: Fleetwood versus Shrewsbury Town. Joe Edwards. Um, I'm going to go for goals here, and uh, I think Town after the other night might just be more confident going forward but Lewis has mentioned there that Fleet would have got a few in them as well so I'm going to go for I'm going to go for 2-2 two, two, I think I'm going for Shrewsbury Town 2 Fleetwood 1 Lewis 2-1 Fleetwood 2-1 oh bloody hell good 
good, nice, positive note yeah, there. Yeah, optimism. Well, I, I, I want to talk. But Here we go. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 see how optimistic you are, Joe. Telford versus Chorley. I, I think probably two one. Uh, Chorley. I think Telford will give them a really good go, and uh, but I think Chorley, they're a team again like Warrington were last week, in a, in very very good form, and uh, I think that confidence, that extra bit of confidence, may just tell in the end. Lewis, see you on Chorley. I'm going two nil to the mighty Bucks. They're going to go one nil up. Chorley are going to press. And they're going to catch him on the break. Daniel Udo, double. That's oh, what I'm going for. Bold. Nice one. Yeah. First defeat of the season for Chorley. All smiles at the Bucks head. John and, Drury, lovely. And the wheels come falling off for the Magpies. Exactly. Right. Love that. That about does it, guys. Another lengthy podcast, which we are consistently attempting to shorten, but we will never do so. But if it's such a great podcast as it is, they just want more, don't they? You know, if anything, it's not long enough. Content. That's it. That's that's the word, isn't it, these days? Content. Content. Getting good People content. People want content. Do you know what I want? I want some orange chips. Orange chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's oh, it. Yeah. We're done. We're going to get some orange chips. We'll catch you in two weeks' time. Cheers, guys. Thank you from myself, Lewis, and Joe.